Welcome back to the Ronin Rabbit, a Usagi Yojimbo fan podcast. My name's Ed, I'm your host. Try to get together every fortnight or so and talk about uh, Usagi Yojimbo. This particular story is from Volume 1, Issue 11 of Usagi Yojimbo, published in September 1987 by Fantagraphics. The story is entitled The Teacup. And in this, we primarily have just two characters, uh, Miyamoto Usagi, our uh, protagonist, and Jinosuke, uh, an acquaintance of Usagi's. But also that play a part in the narrative are a couple orphan children, that we'll see a little bit later on, and a teacup. And you'll see what part the teacup plays. It's uh, probably as integral a part as the, um, well, more so than the two orphans, but I think that the two orphan children add a little bit more to Usagi's world as a whole rather than anything perhaps particular to this story. As the story opens, uh, we have Usagi uh, still traveling. He's crossing a wooden bridge over a very high-walled, deep river canyon that is just beautifully illustrated by Mr. Sakai. I did notice that the uh, step rails in the bottom portion of the suspension bridge that they're walking on is very, very, they're, they're spaced very far apart. Uh, looking at the drawing, the width of the timber, um, comparatively, the space between timbers are probably three or four times the width of the timber. So, boy, you really have to be careful crossing this particular bridge. It's not like the planks that you typically see in movies or TV shows. Once he gets across, he uh, he starts recognizing the territory that he's in and remembers that he is near the Gaishu province, which is where Lord Noriyuki and Tomo uh, live. As he continues on, he hears the sounds of a battle, and as he enters into a clearing, he sees that his friend Jinosuke has been perhaps waylaid, either way is involved in a skirmish with a handful of others who at this point will assume are brigands because they're kind of dressed like it. They don't seem to be wearing any kind of uniform or anything like that. So Jinosuke uh, dispatches them and Usagi, having sat down to watch the fight, um, applauds Jinosuke's efforts at which point Jinosuke realizes he's there, kind of gives him some grief for just watching and not joining in to help him threatens to turn him into mulch, which Usagi immediately asks, Mulch, what's that? Interesting, I grew up with mulch. I thought that was kind of a well-known thing. Uh, Apparently not. So Usagi, um, you know, is inspecting the bodies, trying to figure out who they are, because he knows that Jen may or may not tell him the truth. But he does ask, and Jen says, Well, I am currently tasked to deliver a teacup to someone, and these are men that have been hired by a rival lord to try to take the teacup away from me. Jen says, but you know, since you're here, um, we can finish the trip together. Let's head on down to the, you know, to the next village. As they continue on, they come to a, a river that they need to cross, and they hail the ferry boat, which transports them across the river. Mid-river, they're attacked again, much to the chagrin of Usagi, because 
he had asked Jen, and Jen had told him, yeah, this is probably the only opposition we'll face. You're good to go from here on out as motivation for Usagi to join him in that the, the rest of the journey would be safe. So here almost immediately, Usagi finds out that, no, it's far from safe. They're still after you. Uh, the two samurai, Jinosuke and Usagi, dispatched these um, rival samurai. Again, they're, they're dressed more like brigands, so perhaps they are samurai um, pledged to that, that other lord looking for the teacup. In the midst of their fighting, the boat that they're traveling on springs a leak and sinks on them, and unfortunately they have to finish the rest of their river crossing on foot, also to the chagrin of Usagi. Again continuing their trip, they come upon an inn, uh, which is fortunate, hungry, thirsty, needing to dry their clothes uh, at the inn. They'll have an opportunity to do all of those. And as they arrive at the inn, we see, first off in the distance, and then definitely within hailing distance of the inn, a little boy and girl orphan. Uh, look like perhaps a little couple little bears. And Jinosuke notices them and is rather put off by the fact that they're there, whereas Usagi, having a, a bit of kinder soul, after being delivered food and sake by the innkeeper, purchases a meal for the two orphans and instructs the innkeeper to feed them as well. The orphans come in, you know, towards the inn to sit and quietly finish their meal. Uh, Usagi's talking with them. Jinosuke seems uh, just completely put off by them. Usagi is asking, you know, about their welfare. Do you have parents? Where are they? Gets pretty much the orphan story. Our parents are dead. The orphans indicate that we're on our way to our uncle, who is in Gaishu. He, you know, will will be our provider, although we are concerned because things are lean and now he will have two more mouths to feed but ultimately that's where we're going Usagi decides that uh, they will take the orphans in to watch them since they're both both groups are traveling in the same direction perhaps to the same location um, Jinosuke is, is upset about this we don't really know why he keeps snapping at them He's just very put off by them, it appears. Usagi calls him down for the way that he is treating them, and Jinosuke tells him, Look, you know, they're your problem. You wanted them on the trip. I didn't even want them, so you take care of them and keep them out of my way. So they're talking, uh, Usagi and Jinosuke, that night over the fire. Jinosuke realizes that as long as the kids are near, they are also in danger from those people looking for the teacup that Jinosuke has. So he decides that he's going to leave the two orphans and Usagi and continue his travel in order to keep them safe because he understands what it's like to be in their predicament as he himself was in that predicament also, which up to this point I don't believe we knew. So Jinosuke continues the trip to deliver the teacup to someone in Gaishu province on his own, but then realizes, no, 
in order to complete this mission, I'm really going to need Usagi's help. So he turns around and comes back to them. On the way back, he realizes that Usagi is being attacked. And as Usagi is defending, Jenisuke comes up on the rear of the attackers. And the two of them engage in the fight. Well, to, again, protect the children, Jenisuke gives Usagi the teacup tells him that's what it is and instructs him to go that he will hold off those that remain. Well, Usagi takes off with the teacup. Unfortunately, the able-bodied uh, servants of uh, the, the attacker, we'll say, the uh, able-bodied attackers, pursue Usagi because they now know that he has the teacup, which is ultimately what they're after. So rather than trying to do anything for Usagi, uh, Jenisuke did, in essence, protect the children because he enabled Usagi to draw off the other attackers, which I don't believe was necessarily what Usagi was thinking at the time. But Usagi runs, uh, comes to a point in the path where he can go no farther because of tall cliffs, and turns around to confront those that have pursued them. Uh, he does dispatch them, of course, this is after all his book, and it has continued going since 1987, so you can figure that he's going to defeat them. Uh, as he's, after that battle, as he is attempting to return to the camp where Jinosuke and the orphans are, he gets in a hurry, missteps, falls, drops the teacup, and it breaks. Because of the importance of keeping the teacup safe and the importance that the uh, Japanese culture at this time placed in the teacup, Usagi is absolutely crushed that the teacup has been destroyed. So much so that he perhaps is considering uh, ritual suicide, seppuku, in order to balance the scales of honor that he feels have been unbalanced by his inability to protect the teacup. So with this in mind, he continues on to the town to try to find Jenisuke and the orphan kids to tell Jenisuke uh, what what has happened. Well, when he gets into town, we see here in the background a uh, gentleman with two swords sticking out above his head that says something about cheese dip. So there is a little shadow grew there, uh, kind of a nod to Sergio Aragonis and Mr. Sakai's work with him. As Usagi is wandering around, feeling more and more depressed about what has happened to the teacup, Jenisuke finds him, uh, indicates that he is okay, and that uh, Usagi immediately starts apologizing for the teacup, which Jenisuke finds amusing because he knows what happened, which when I read it is immediately what I guessed had happened is that the teacup that he gave Usagi was not the teacup. It was one that he had grabbed at the inn that they stopped at as a stand-in in case he was going to do something. And so it's okay. That was a throwaway. And Usagi is just livid because of the import that he had placed on that little teacup and how he had been feeling and, and everything like that, having been tricked yet again by Jinosuke, which... Uh, it's probably going to be a running theme in the book, is that Usagi and Jinosuke have these battle of wits uh, back and forth. That's what uh, Jinosuke's place in Usagi's rogues gallery, let's say, is going to be. So, 
Jenisuke says, let's go, you know, over here, let's have a drink, just settle down, forget about it, gather ourselves. And so they sit and have a drink. Jinosuke tells Usagi that, well, you know, I, I can't really pay for this because the money that I got from delivering the teacup, I kind of gave to the orphan kids so that they would not be a burden to their uncle. Which is pretty cool, considering Jinosuke's demeanor and, and how he, his personality. So after um, probably a meal, it looks like here on the table, and, uh, and drinks, Usagi gets up to leave and um, tells the innkeeper as he goes out that uh, my friend will take care of the bill. We see Jinosuke motioning for the innkeeper's wife here. We don't see what they're saying. You assume, I think, by looking at this, because she's carrying a tray with a tea in it, that he's ordering something else. So Usagi heads out. And as he's headed out of town, Jinosuke hails him and comes up and says, Hey, you know, you probably should go back and pay. And Usagi says, Well, no. Actually, you should have already paid because I told the innkeeper that you were going to pay. And Usagi tells him, or the Jinosuke tells him, well, actually I told the innkeeper's wife that you were going to pay. And it's now that Jinosuke explains that uh, he gave the money to the orphan's uncle. And they continue on their, you know, just wandering as they're talking. And Usagi realizes, well, hey, since nobody has paid the innkeeper, one of us should go back and pay him. And Jinosuke says, no, I'm not going to do that. As a matter of fact, uh, what I'm going to do is look for this outlaw named Zato Ino. He's supposed to be in the area, and there's a there's a fat reward on him, so I'll I'll go after him. And basically, he convinces Usagi to just leave the, the bill as it is, not pay it. And they're wandering out of town. And as they're wandering out of town, the last image we have is of them walking down a path with... Um, soldiers and villagers on either side uh, ready to attack them with the innkeeper over here on the side growling uh, waving his raised fist saying dirty deadbeats so between that and the fact that they're discussing uh, Jinosuke and Usagi um, oh forget him Jinosuke says do you think he'd be upset over a few coins what's he going to do call out the guards and obviously he did here with we have a little moral of this story here down at the bottom says when you cheat someone you wind up paying with interest and so there's a humorous there's also a little Takagi here um, you have a, a humorous ending to this pseudo serious tale involving the initial thoughts of teacup and it's you don't really get into it in the story but it's um, place in the tea ceremony, the orphans, the history of Jinosuke, a couple attacks by um, other factions looking for the teacup, all very serious, and then it ends here with this humorous kind of uh, nod here with one of the characters, perhaps by the way it's drawn, being a nod towards Sergio Aragonis himself, uh, because of the mustache that he has and everything. So, Alright, a couple... Uh, couple things from uh, I noticed in here from the last story we did and, and some feedback to give out as well. Uh, as a, 
concerning issue 11, the story of uh, Jay, and let me get that, Blade of the Gods, the uh, long spear that Jay carried is called a Yari. I, I figured at the time that it had a name, but I don't think I was able to locate it. But that is the that is the weapon that Jay had. Um, also, I didn't do a very good job of describing Jay. I left out the fact that his eyes were just hollow circles, well, which is usually used to indicate something otherworldly, whether it be alien or demonic or possession or something like that, which as soon as you see the character would have been indicative of something being off about the character. Although, in all honesty, the Ninja Turtles are drawn like that too, but it doesn't apply to them. But I guess the difference is they have the mask on, so that allows it to be hollow and not have pupils or eye color of any sort. Um... Jay, also, you don't necessarily, I didn't pick this up from the initial story, but after a little bit of research now, I see why. But Jay was the character's name, and the formal recognition, I believe, of the name is Jason, J-E-I-S-A-N. On a one-off story, that really would just be his name, but further down the road we will see that this character is going to be a recurring character and so the fact that it was named Jason if you put those together we'll see why he was named Jay now for this story the um, the teacup do want to add to our death head count which is up to 17 by my reckoning there were a couple more in this issue haven't uh, haven't seen them for a little while but they were there now as far as the feedback goes got a couple comments on the website uh, one is from BLD and it starts uh, smiley face I know exactly where the name Jay comes from it's very fitting due to the behavior of Jay and the name itself I'd say it right here but not sure if that would be proper love your show by the way so again that's why Jason um, as a one-off, maybe doesn't have a whole lot of weight, but down the road it will. Also, I uh, have another comment here from Steve. He says, Woohoo! The first appearance of Usagi's nemesis, Jason. Say that quickly and see if you can guess who the character was named after. Smiley face. And, again, uh, a one-off, but you know you don't know unless you check into things a little bit farther down the road, and then you you see perhaps why the character and the name were were linked together. All right, next episode, which will be episode 24 of uh, the Ronin Rabbit, we'll be talking about the Shonen's Shonen, excuse me, the Shogun's Gift from Usagi Ojimbo Volume One, Issue 12, cover dated October 1987 from Fantagraphics. Do want to thank Mr. Derek Coward for maintaining the uh, reader feed website and helping me with the more technical aspects behind the scenes. Also want to thank Steve and BLD for their feedback. Definitely appreciate it, gentlemen. Keep it up. If you do want to get in touch with me, anyone else, obviously Steve and BLD found a way to do that. 
Uh, you can do so by sending an email to usagipodcast at gmail.com. You can leave comments on the website, thereaderfeed.com. Just find the Usagi, uh, excuse me, the Ronin Rabbit episode that you want to leave a comment to and attach the comment to that post. Also want to thank Steve, um, who helps maintain the Usagi Ojimbo Dojo Facebook page for allowing me to post notice of when the episodes go up on that page. And finally, the Ronin Rabbit is on Google+, Plus. if you want to leave a comment or, or follow notice of the uh, episodes going up there. Also, don't forget iTunes reviews are helpful for other people that you think might be interested in the Ronin Rabbit. Um, as far as I know, it's the only podcast out there that really talks about Usagi at any length, and I don't even necessarily do the length um, m- much... Um, as much as it should be, I I want to get into this a, a little bit more than I have, and I, I need to to firm up on my research and whatnot a little bit, and hopefully I'll I'll be able to do that as I move forward. Other than that, thanks a lot, guys, for listening in, and hopefully here within the uh, next couple weeks I'll have a, another episode out for you guys. I appreciate it. Bye. The Ronin Rabbit Podcast is a Teal production, and as such, is licensed under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial. Derivatives 3.0 unported license.